<laughs> so we're with Tampa Bay Living, uh, Homes and Living Group, and then we have Dave here with Safe Plastics. So um, whenever we first met Dave, we had just done one of our events, and he had told us a little bit about what he did, and I thought it sounded super cool. It sounded like some Tony Stark, Elon Musk level of like <laughs> science project. I was like, we got to get that on video. So Dave, tell us a little bit about your story. All right, well, my personal story is uh, varied. It's all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I grew up on the border of Indiana and Michigan. Okay. Go blue. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> nice season. Congratulations. Yes, it was a phenomenal season. <clears throat> Sad to lose the coach, but he did what he went there to do, you know. So, um, But, uh, you know, I joined the Navy from there and went all over the place. I started out in Jacksonville, here in Florida, then I moved to Norfolk, then San Diego, and I've been on the beach the whole time, and that'll, that'll come back in a later story. But uh, um, I, let me ask you, have you ever heard of Forever Trash? No, I haven't. So Forever Trash is trash that you throw away that never biodegrades. It just never goes away. It okay. stays in the landfill forever. Yeah. And one of the primary ones there is plastic. Mm -hmm. Right, I mean, and that's what makes plastic useful, right? Yes, that it doesn't degrade, right? So you know, after the apocalypse, when you pull out that Twinkie, <laughs> you don't want to see that all the plastic has fallen away and the Twinkies being eaten by bugs, right? Yeah, Twinkie roaches and trash and plastic. <laughs> no, you want that plastic to be intact, right? And then, but what do you do after you eat the Twinkie? Throw the plastic in the Throw garbage. The Someone else's problem. In the garbage. Yep. And, you know, that, that particular type of plastic, we don't have a recycling solution for yet. And it just so happens that 3D prints are another type of plastic that we don't really have a recycling solution for yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's where our business really focuses. You know, there's different types of plastic, but the main type of recyclable plastic is thermoplastic. It's plastic you can melt over and over and over again and turn into new things to a degree. You know, you apply enough heat to something, it eventually starts to break down. Right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of interesting new technologies that are, that are coming about. You know, I'll, I'll spare you. But um, one, of the, one of the key elements to recycling 3D prints is finding a market for them. Mm -hmm. right? And that's something that's very difficult to do. Um, there's a lot of different applicability toward using these plastics, but you know, there's there's the the little triangle and it has all the different numbers in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, you always check yeah. it when you microwave. At least I do. I, I want to make sure before I throw it in the microwave. I'm like, am I about to die in three years if I do this? Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, you know, as a firefighter, you get you get worried about that stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, 3D prints don't come with a stamped triangle on them. You don't, you don't know what they're made of you know, unless you're me and you know what you're looking for. You know mm -hmm. how to hit it with a light and see what you're looking for, see if it floats, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and so there's, there's something called wish cycling, and that's where you're not sure if it's recyclable or not, but you throw it in the recycling bin. Yep. And most of that stuff ends up back in the landfill. Um, there's a, there's a couple of companies that will take any type of plastic and they'll do whatever they can with it. Um, they're not, they're not city recycling, 
right? It's a, it's a private company that takes and, and does the recycling. So that's really what we're doing. Okay. As a private company, we're taking that, it's called additive manufacturing. There's a couple of different types, but the main one is a 3D printer like you've probably seen where it takes a filament in the top, it melts it, and then it spins it up just like a print head and mm -hmm. makes a 3D object. Um, you know, it uses multiple plastic, obviously, to do that. Um, a lot of what? A lot of ohms. Ohms? Yeah. Uh, and ohms. Sorry, we'll cut those out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Never even it's a deep conversation. You probably have to well, like, think about a lot of stuff. So, you know, Normally when I talk to people about this, I talk to people who know a lot about the industry and there's not much that has to be explained. Yeah. You know, when I say a polymer chain, they're like, oh yeah. And I talk about contaminants and wrapping polymer chains around contaminants and they're like, oh yeah, man. But you guys have no idea. <laughs> Let's talk about that. I've heard a few of those yeah. words. In 10 seconds and or whatever, tell us how you can dumb down a polymer chain. All right. So all polymers are made up of a chain of monomers. Poly means many. Mm -hmm. right? So you start with these monomers, and they're carbon-based molecules, and you use a chemical or thermal process to put them together into long chains. And those long chains link together, and that's how you get a plastic like this bottle. Perfect. Right? Um, bottles that are clear like that, the polymers are designed to have a crystalline structure, so it's crystal, kind of like glass or crystal, uh, mm -hmm. and you can see through it. Other types of plastic, like the ABS, uh, doesn't doesn't have that level of clarity because those polymer chains are much more twisty. Okay. Right? Um, and light doesn't pass cleanly through them. Um, but polymers. It's, it's a long chain, and then if you imagine flowing a polymer, once it's melted, mm -hmm. flowing a polymer through a tube. As it's flowing through, they stretch out and they get elongated and they go through the tube like this. Okay. And then when you go to squeeze it into something like injection molding or blow molding or any other plastic forming process, you're realigning all of that. Well, as it's flowing, if there's contaminants in there, if there's a piece of sand, a piece of hair, a little piece of rust mm -hmm. that's pretty common those polymer chains won't flow through the tube in a long string they'll start wrapping around that oh okay and it'll make a ball and then when it comes out the tube on the other end you have a, a lump and that's one of the key challenges kind of like to clog toilet <laughs> that is a key challenge it is um and being able to unclog the toilet is a pretty valuable skill, right? And being gotcha. able to uh, unbind recycled plastics is another key skill for people in this industry uh, because it really can mess up what you got going on. Mm -hmm. And so improving the purity of recyclable materials is really, really important. And that's one of those value-add activities that Safe Plastics is looking to kind of pioneer. There's okay. lots of different technologies that are going around there. They're all really expensive and way out of our price range at this point. Yeah. But, you know, we do plan to get there. I have a question that may be kind of um, on top of one of yours or whatever, but what, on inspiration-wise, what point or what inspired you to, where's the moment of where, like, you saw the 3D print and you thought, I can do something with that? Or, like, what... The, the 3D print part wasn't immediate. Okay. Um, 
that that happened after some research. But I, I can tell you the exact moment when I decided I needed to do something with plastics. Every year, my son's Cub Scout pack does uh, keep Tampa Bay Beautiful's beach cleanup. And, you know, we spend about an hour cleaning up plastic, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's glass, there's other kinds of trash, but it's mostly plastic. Yep. So you, you go, you get assigned a beach, and you pick up plastic. And this last, uh, this last time, we got over a dozen bags of almost entirely plastic. Styrofoam, different bottles, all kinds of stuff, diapers. Which bendy straws, plastic. bendy straws ruining the world, right? Lots, Just the bendy straws. Bendy straws, plastic bags, <laughs> tons and tons of plastic bags. Not little tons. Uh, but, you know, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm standing there looking at the bags and looking at the beach, I'm looking at how beautiful the beach is. We go early in the morning. Sun's, mm -hmm. sun's you know, just up, kind of peeking through the clouds. The beach is gorgeous. And I have, for years and years and years, completely looked past all the plastic. It's just become totally normalized to me that there's plastic everywhere. And I don't even see it anymore. Mm -hmm. But once I saw the bags, I can't stop seeing it. Hmm. And that is what's really driving my participation in this industry. Um, and so I started to do a lot of research into recycling. And I was like, oh, there's got to be something we can do. There's got to be some sort of you know, some sort of unmet need because that's got to be why there's all this plastic. Yeah. So I'm doing research into the recycling industry and a lot of what I found wasn't very encouraging. Yeah. So were you by any chance aware that just about 9% of all plastics ever made have been recycled? Hmm. That's it. That's wow. a crazy statistic for something like you look at it, you think it's meltable and moldable and can just be thrown back in, but yeah, only 9%. That's well, there's a lot of different reasons for that. And one of the main reasons is that it's about 40% more expensive to use recycled plastic than it is to get brand new plastic. Um, and another main reason is so we talked about forever trash, mm -hmm. about 50% of the forever trash is. One-time use food containers. 50%. There's, there's a certain kind of cup I'm thinking of. There's clear plastics that your salads come in mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff that just gets thrown away or, or wish cycled and then thrown away. Yeah. Um, wish cycled. I like that. That's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's pretty common in our industry, industry to hear that because, I mean, think about how many times you've looked at something and said, I think this is recyclable and thrown it in there. Yeah, I'm helping. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Recycling centers have had to create systems to remove that stuff so that they can put it in the dump. Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that single-use food container, it can't be used again as a food container. It's not food safe mm -hmm. as, as it's recycled because you can't guarantee that it won't have any contaminants and that sort of thing in it. So when you make food containers, which again is half the forever waste, forever trash, you only can make it from new plastic. Hmm. And that's, that's a huge problem. So part of the challenge for any industry recycling is how do you increase the quality and decrease the price? Because, I mean, you would call the United States 
a mixed economy, I think, right? Where we have different levers we can pull to incentivize things. You mm -hmm. can make regulations, but you know, if somebody doesn't want to follow the regulations and they can pay the fines, they won't. Yeah. Um, a couple of really large companies come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the one with Apple? I think they're, they're chargers or something in the European something, Union. Yeah. They're like, we'll just pay the fine in Europe, basically. We're not going to change our chargers or something. Yeah. Now I think they finally caved and they went yeah. to Type-C. But yeah. yeah, things like that. But yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, aside from those sorts of levers, it's really all about incentives because a big portion of our mixed economy is capitalism. Mm -hmm. And capitalism thrives on incentive. So the big incentive for us as plastic recyclers are those two things. How do we increase the quality and decrease the price? And that is a very, very difficult problem to solve. And that's one of the reasons why we have two portions to the company. Right? So I have the Craftworks company that does manufacturing and research and development. And then we have Safe Plastics, which does the, the material recovery. So in the state of Florida, we're considered a material recovery facility. Okay. A MRF. Uh, not to be confused with a SMRF. Yeah. So, um, so we have the material recovery and, um, you know, we grind the... talk up in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, showing our age. Uh, you Gen X strikes again. Oh, you really don't realize how old here. the... How I know until time, 10 hours until time. I, I remember that. You really We didn't realize. have cable growing up, so I, I got to watch that. <laughs> Little references like that that people just don't, you know. Oh, that's, I can I wonder, well, that's why we have the two sides to the business. You know, we have the research and development portion, and we have the material recovery portion. The material recovery, which is safe plastics, which is kind of what we're talking about today, is, you know, removing that forever trash from the waste stream. You know, we're, what we're trying to do is keep it out of the landfill. So I take it and I put it into a machine that reduces the size of it because there are people who know a lot about 3D prints and there are people who don't. So um, typically when you make a 3D print, you have a hard shell on the outside and there's a lot of empty space on the inside. So it makes a lot of sense to put it into a grinding machine to reduce that size. And that's where you get those granules. Okay. Um, which are, they can be called granules, granulate, flake, chaff. There's a thousand different names. Mm -hmm. But... Um, that is really kind of the, the commodity grade of recycled materials. You grind it up, you reduce the size, you get it into where it'll fit in any container you want to ship. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that is a value-added service. If I just threw a whole bunch of 3D prints into a box and sent it off to a center to use to reprocess, sure, they, they could melt it down, they could do stuff with it. But there's value added in the process and sending them something they can use right away. Yeah. It sounded like we shifted the conversation to cannabis for a minute with Brian and all these fancy oh. talkers. Oh. Yeah, no, I know what you're thinking now. <laughs> no, it was interesting, all the terms and the similarities yeah, yeah. actually to it. We it don't, funny. There, there's it no like, purple haze plastic that I'm aware of. It's the chafe and the, the whatever. <laughs> it's like, okay. For uh, what I typically call it is granulate because okay. what you the grinding machine you put it into is called a granulator and that. Those two things going together makes less for me to remember. Easy. Perfect. Um, 
so when I when I send that stuff out, it's got to be clean. You know, we talked about what happens with the polymer chains if you've got even just a little speck of rust in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one of the challenges is getting it clean because when plastic rubs against plastic, what happens? You get uh, imperfection. You get abrasions. You get abrasions heat. that hold imperfections. Mm-hmm. You get heat, which helps to create static electricity. And static okay. electricity sucks in dust and all kinds of other mm. things. So that's a really that's a really difficult problem to solve too because plastic is self isolating. If I throw it into a fifty five gallon drum that's made of metal, that metal is grounded. So the plastic on the outside won't have any static electricity. It'll all be dissipated through that. But you get to a certain level and all that static is building up on the inside. So the minute you take the lid off the can, all the dust and everything else that's around gets sucked in, just like an ionizer. Just like an mm. ionizer. Well, you know, that you'd put in your what house. is that, powder powder coating? That's how they do powder coating mm-hmm. on like truck parts. Exactly, exactly. And that's what happens to that granulate. So it's really, really important to have clean air around where you're doing all this stuff. And again, that's another expense mm-hmm. that has to be rolled into the price of it. Otherwise, you go out of business and you're not doing anybody any good. Yep. Right? Um, and so there's there's... We're working on a couple of different things using uh, deionized water for cleaning and storing the plastic in deionized water inside of you know plastic drums instead of metal drums. Yeah. And there's there's other things there we can do to try and keep it as clean as possible. But then water adds weight. It reduces the amount of granulate I can put into a container. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's give and take with every sort of new new thing we come up with. Right? Yeah. Um, and again, it's expensive. It's, it's expensive, and it's. It doesn't matter what country it is. It doesn't matter where you're at on the globe. It is difficult to get funded, because the value is way down the stream. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nobody's nobody's looking at the massive amount of landmass that we have in the United States and saying, you know, in the year twenty four hundred. This is all going to be trash. Nobody's nobody's thinking that far ahead, right? Yeah, what's that one island the size of like three of Texas or something out in the Pacific yeah. that's just floating trash? It's where yeah. everything's oh, accumulated. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sister was at uh, Johnston Atoll uh, outside of Hawaii where they destroyed like nerve gas and stuff. But they mm-hmm. destroyed that on an island. Oh, wow. Not a floating island. Yeah. But all yeah, kinds so, of people had stuff wrong with them after that. If it's not right here, <laughs> then it doesn't exist. Yeah, so. it, it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing about the other thing about this is it requires a lot of energy. You know, all these machines take electricity, mm-hmm. and you're adding. I mean, you're adding energy to the process to to reclaim all this stuff. You're adding energy to the process to remake it, to to clean it, to do all these things. Whereas fresh plastics come in as chemicals in barrels. They dump them into a machine. Simplify it. They dump it into a machine, they add some heat, they add some other chemicals, they do some processes, and it comes out beads on the other side. And they throw it in barrels in their nice, clean facility, and they ship it out. Super simple. Super simple, super clean, super cheap. Hmm. So new plastic is just much, much simpler. And I'll be honest, if I was not an environmentalist and I owned a plastics company, I wouldn't use recycled plastic. Yeah, And that's why it's really, really important for us to 
do those two things. Reduce the cost and increase the quality. And you don't do that without significant amount of dollars in research. You gotta develop these technologies to make this stuff a reality. I mean, I, th I think about things like tires. 25 years ago, blowouts were 60% more prevalent than they are now. And think about the tires that put in your fire trucks. Yeah. What, do you know what pressure they put inside those tires? Um, the truck, the truck, like the big trucks with the let's ladders. Talk, let's say the big ladder truck. Shoot, I know, I want to say it's definitely above, it's almost like 200. I feel like I'm throwing numbers out yeah. right now, but I want to say it's like 200 PSI. It's up there. It's not like you're, like my Jeep is 36. I just filled it up yesterday in my garage because yeah. our temperature in Florida has been fluctuating. But yeah, like the, the truck tires, fire trucks, semi trucks, they put a lot of PSI. So I'm going to say 200 PSI. Yeah. Imagine the amount of technology that went into creating a tire that could hold 200 PSI, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, 25 years ago, I think they were at 130 PSI. But 200 PSI allows you to carry a whole lot more weight. Mm -hmm. it, dis it distributes it better on the road. It does, there's a lot of benefits to it. Right? Yeah. And so that extra air that was created by the research and development of creating better tires actually improves the performance of the truck, saves the road, increases the fuel economy, which, you know, on a ladder truck, what's it, three, three gallons a mile? Yeah, you probably get two and a half <laughs> gallons to, yeah, throwing all that weight, especially the water on the fire engines. Yeah, yeah so, um, but you had to start somewhere to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're just really starting with that, that, uh, that type seven other plastic that everybody recycles. Um, and one of the, one of the things that I'm seeing in the plastics industry now is talking about taking those polymer chains, turning them back into monomers, and then repolymerizing them to turn them back into plastic. So you basically, you take a recycled, uh, recycled plastic and you break it down completely like a, like a, like a Lego. Mm -hmm. right? So you take your Legos and you know. You've got a structure. Break it down into individual Legos and then rebuild it exactly as it was. But the least amount of energy spent. Yeah. So you take that you take that same Lego thing and you throw it down the stairs. A little bit of it's broken off. It looks a little wonky. It's, you know, some of it's bent. Well, you take all those Legos apart and you can replace the ones that are broken, bent, missing. Put it back together exactly as it was. And that's, that's where this technology is headed. And I think that's how we get to like Star Trek level, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of really smart people. And those are the people that are much smarter than myself that I just listened to. Uh, those are the Elon Musks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody um, starts out in a garage. That's one yeah, thing I, no, apparently I mean, history has taught us. And that was, you know, I... I started out in my garage with a tiny little grinder machine mm -hmm. and there's different types of electricity and I don't have industrial electricity in my garage. So I yeah. had to buy... You just steal it from your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I, to, yeah, I wish my neighbors had industrial electricity. It would have been so much easier. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have stolen their electricity. <laughs> uh, but uh, I had to buy a machine that would convert household electricity into industrial electricity just so I could run this tiny little machine in my garage to get mm -hmm. started. 
that's a huge barrier of entry to, you know, little little manufacturing companies, little anything. You know, if you are just starting out, you got to get machines that work wherever you're at, right? Or yeah. you've got to get an intermediate system like I did. Um, and a lot of that knowledge isn't out there. Um, capital to get that stuff isn't out there. You know, I've spent way too many years building up funds to get this stuff moving. Mm-hmm. Right? No, nobody gave me any money to get any of this stuff started. So this is a pure passion project. It really is. It really is. And I, I don't know if it's come through yet or not, but I am very passionate mm-hmm. <laughs> about what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, Bootstrapping it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll say fortunately or unfortunately, that's just kind of how environmental green type stuff works a lot of the time, unless you previously worked at the EPA and you know how to get the funding or you know somebody who's also really passionate about it who made billions by being not an environmentalist mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and venture capital firms, those kinds of places, they're much, much more interested in, um, in like tech sector projects mm-hmm. than they are in the green type stuff uh, because the green type stuff doesn't sell well. Yeah. I mean, you can you can talk about all the different ESG funds and all the things that are out there on the market, but the fact is that they don't perform very well. Mm-hmm. They, they don't do well. And that's because they're a passion project of somebody who's in the financial sector. Right? Um, we've got to change how that works. We've got to change the perception there. And it starts with those two things. It starts with the folks like me who are bootstrapping into creating higher quality and lower prices on recycled goods. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else I can say. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously uh, you're leaving, you're holding back a lot of yeah. information. You didn't give us well, anything at all. I didn't even have to go to these questions. You you to, As you're talking, you I'm like, all right, done this before, we hit yeah. that, we hit that, we hit that, perfect. <laughs> so I, just a couple that I came up with on the top of my head. So um, what's like, without giving away your top secret secrets what's something right now that you feel like is kind of like a um a breakthrough like idea or technology or something that you're implementing right now as far as exactly accomplishing that goal of eliminating cost and energy but still producing something that is able to be passed on to other companies i think the coolest thing we're doing right now is the deionized water storage okay um the the challenge on the back end of that is having places who are willing to pour it out into a strainer and drain a whole bunch of dirty deionized water Mm -hmm. (laughs) to just get their plastic. And then, you know, part of the process of reusing it is throwing it in a dryer anyway, Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of plastics will suck water out of the air. Okay. And then when you go to melt them, they, they bubble and they pop. Yeah. Cause all that water water is vaporizing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, and we'll talk about the process of how we make the water or how we do the storage or how any of the shipment or any of that kind of stuff works. But that's one of the coolest technologies that I think is really providing clean, clean granulate mm-hmm. to industry partners, I'll call them. Perfect. People who need what we have. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Another 
great part of this is the industry partners. I haven't even touched on them yet. Go for it. Um, I didn't get their permission to uh. speak of them by name, but there are several, specifically in the 3D printing space, there are several entities that are working with us to be able to reuse that 3D print granulate. You know, I divide it up by type and color and whatever else, you know, so that when I give it to them, it's much, much easier for them to use. Mm -hmm. And in return, they tell everybody to ship their stuff to me so I can grind it and send it back to them. You like the toner, um, man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> send me your cartridges. Yeah. Yeah. Refill them over here. Yeah. Which is, was another green technology that kind of failed eventually. Uh, it didn't end up being as cheap as everybody thought it was going to be. Any of that printer stuff, but and then you know it was chock full of plastic too. That's a whole issue <laughs> in and of itself. Printers. Right. Let's, yeah. let's not go there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, these folks being willing to to really stretch their capabilities and get equipment with their own capital and talk to their investors and their boards of directors and talk about you know creating a, a circular environment for this polymer for these plastics. Mm -hmm. um, it goes a really long way, and it's. Just like any other business, just like the business you guys are in, it's all about relationships. It's about, you know, you shoot your shot. I, I reached out to 40 companies, and three got back to me. Perfect. That's good. <laughs> Three's a great no, number. that's great. That's a, number. that's a good flow, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I know that those three companies are invested because they took the time to get with me. You mm -hmm. know, th this, uh, this portion of the company has only been alive, you know, it's less than a year. And these guys were willing to, to put themselves out there to help me with uh, information. You know, they told me exactly what kind of granule they needed, how clean they needed to be, what, how they needed to have it sorted, all that kind of stuff that you can't go to the library and just look up. Yeah. Um, and that, that went a long, long way. They say knowledge is power. It really, really is. There's mm -hmm. <laughs> a reason yeah. people say it. You get 7% conversion on uh, internet leads or any kind of real estate leads, you can build a multi-million dollar um, organization. Yeah. When you that's, just, that's huge. Return. It's all a numbers game. Yeah. Well, and you know, sometimes it's beating your head against the wall and sometimes it's beating your head against the wall and just walking to the right a little <laughs> bit until you find a window or a door and then you break through it. I like that. <laughs> or like somebody that. opens it for you yeah. if you want to be a little less violent about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's... You know, there's a little bit of tenacity to anybody building a business. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it, you don't build businesses for very long, right? So, um, but that's, you know, one of the things that I tell anybody who asks, I, I say, don't, don't say no for somebody else. Shoot your shot. Yeah. If you miss, you miss. Absolutely. But don't, don't say no for them. Mm -hmm. Give them the opportunity to say no. You know, do them the favor of letting them say no. Is kind of how I think about oh, it. Makes it's a lot of weird. Sense. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't think backwards like that. But, um, in the relationships that I've built and the places I've been able to go and the, the technologies I've been able to see just by shooting those shots has been pretty incredible. You never know until you ask. And in real estate, that's what I tell people is you never know until you ask. And how you ask is you make the offer. And you ask everyone. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get a property, you yeah. make you make the offer. That's asking, and then you find a response. But you never know what they'll take. Mm -hmm. You can sit there and talk about it all day long. 
but until you put ink on paper and get something in front of somebody, then you don't know what how they will respond. You know, that's the that's the hey, we're serious garners a response, and then mm-hmm. they tell them how they'll respond. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a friend that we have in common who used to tell I bought two houses from her now, uh, who used to say, you know, everybody lives somewhere, but their life is better if they live in a house. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I understand why he would say something like that. Jeff Niptuck, uh, right? Jeff, yeah, I'm Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Love you, boy. Talking to you, buddy. Uh, I bet he doesn't even remember saying that. But uh, it, it stuck with me for some reason. A Niptuckski original <laughs> statement. <laughs> we love that guy. Maybe he said indoors. Maybe he didn't say house. But... So I don't know how, I don't know how sensitive or insensitive you can get on your podcast. Say whatever you want. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, Until someone tells yeah. us no. Um, what else you guys want to know? All right, so let's go three years from now. What changes do you see yourself with the company taking? What do you want to have accomplished within three years with the safe plastics? Uh, in three years? Because I know a lot changes. I, I could say five or ten, but I'm like, you could be a whole different direction in a year from now. So let's say yeah. three. Yeah, in three years, I, I think I want to be the world's first trillionaire. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to switch industries. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, no. Uh, if it was about money, this is definitely not what I would be in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the place where I want to get is to move outside of Tampa Bay. In the next three years, I want to create some sort of national or international system through at least Mexico and Canada mm-hmm. that allows people to easily send us their 3D prints. You know, I, I would love to be able to take all kinds of plastics that are not recyclable. You know, educate people on what's not recyclable in their area and say, send me the rest. But that's it's not a realistic goal. I mean, I would have to have a facility the size of the city of Tampa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, and that's that's a huge undertaking and there's plenty of other companies who are doing that stuff there's one here in Tampa um, but but 3d prints specifically that's something we're set up to handle it's something we can process it's something that uh, me and my people know how to sort and how to send out as sourcing um, and it's one of those one of those kind of niche areas that not a lot of people are doing because it's kind of difficult mm-hmm. um, there are at least 10 different kinds of plastic that people do 3D printing with. And most of those are recyclable, some are not. But uh, typically if somebody prints with more than one material, sometimes they'll do it in the same print. You know, they have a printer with two heads, and mm-hmm. one has one type of material and one has the other, and they'll print them together in the same print. As of right now, I don't have the technology to do anything with that. so that becomes forever trash. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you were talking about five years, 10 years, you know, that's where I'd like to get, where I can take that, put it into a machine that categorizes it, and then have the ability to pull those different things apart. And where that, you, have a, you have a solution for every problem per se. Well, I would love to have a solution to every For every plastic problem, problem. <laughs> every type of plastic. But yeah, uh, any, any of the ones that that somebody else isn't set up to handle. 
right? Mm -hmm. So I, I have a friend who works for a very, very large company that makes plastics, and they also have a big recycling side to their business. And one of the things they're working on right now that I would love to envelop into our business is like a, I don't know if it's, it's 15 or 18 tons mm -hmm. in a ram, and they put uh, saran wrap in it, and they press it, and they press it, and they press it, and they press it. And the, the more pressure you put into something in a confined space, the hotter it gets. Mm -hmm. And so they keep pressing it, pressing it, pressing it. It gets hot. It eventually melts. And that saran wrap is made of several different kinds of plastic. That's what makes it, that's what, makes it what it is. Well, those different types of plastics actually separate once they've melted under that pressure. So then they release the ram. It cools down. And then they can peel those different types of plastic apart. Interesting. And then they can recycle them separately. I would love plastic to be able to hack do that. there. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, would, I would love to be able to do that with plastic where you just grind everything together and put it in a big ram. Mm -hmm. and separates then you, by itself. Separates by itself. Um, there's, as of right now, that technology doesn't work for every type of plastic. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work under all circumstances. And it also doesn't remove impurities. I was yeah. about to say, man, so you figure that out and figure out how to yeah. remove the impurities. And yeah. yeah, well, and I think that, you know, the the next step to that is figuring out good filtration technology once the stuff is melted. Mm -hmm. Right now you run it through a screen. A big Olympic sized pool, you like, pop a couple tabs in there, come back, and then shit's all separated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be great, right? Yeah, uh, uh, man. That's a, I'm you can just down. actually have people come right in and just get it right from there. You don't even have to store it anywhere. They sell it right there. When I'm selling those tabs on the open market, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you credit. I won't give you any money. But I'll give you credit. You heard it. Ghostbusters idea. Uh, Brand Sultan in the house. <laughs> so, you know the, those. Right now, the, the thing you do is you run it through a screen, just like water through an RO filter. You run it through different sizes of screen. You get the big stuff first, and mm -hmm. you get the next smaller stuff, then the smallest stuff, and you still have some impurities that pass through, mm -hmm. which will never make something food safe, right? Okay. But the technology we were talking about earlier, where you break everything down into its monomers, you can separate out the impurities chemically. Once you've broken all that stuff down, you know, if you have... Um, if you have iron or silica, which is what a lot of dirt is made up of, or biological materials, you can chemically remove those, and then that plastic is brand new again. Hmm. But good luck getting a regulatory agency to say, yeah, yeah, that's as good as new. You can use that for food. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, a, that's a tall ask, and that's going to require you know, congressional hearings and all kinds of other things that... I will let someone else do. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the big thing is that there's a future in this mm -hmm. and we're pioneering the way so that the people who come behind us can do an even better job. It's, it's important. And, you know, anything that we do to make God's green earth a little greener just makes me as happy as possible. I don't care who does it. I don't care if I make any money doing it. I'd like to. Because that means I can keep doing it. Mm -hmm. I might be at the firehouse with you before too long. Well, who, speaking <laughs> of that, uh, who, who could we, uh, you know, what are you looking to, who are you looking to connect with? What could we do to get the word out there for you? Or what, 
what's something that we could help you with your company as far as getting the word out there? Man, you'd think I'd prepared a statement or something for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, what is I, that one of his questions? <laughs> what I would really, really like to do is make connections within the state government to understand what they know and what they don't know about the recycling programs and about forever trash and about the types of new technologies that are coming around, you know, what, what sort of things they can do. That's one lever that can be pulled mm -hmm. through very specific and intentional relationships. The other thing that I would like to do is meet a banker who would love to bankroll this because there's an almost unending supply of new and different equipment that we could use to do research and development, <clears throat> to do processing, purifying, any of that kind of stuff that uh, is very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, this is not the kind of uh, venture capital investment type thing yeah. that you see. Um, you Where know, the primary course. goal is money, money, money. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this isn't, this isn't going to make you money hand over fist. You know, it, it might make you happy. Good local like community bank would probably be good to talk to. Yeah, we met two yeah. of them three days ago well, at that, that event. There's there's quite a few banks here that do SBA loans and that sort of thing. But um, the other thing that I would like to do is meet people in the three D printing industry and figure out what it is they want. Mm -hmm. You know, if they don't want recycled filament because of some specific problem that it causes then I know I need to focus my efforts on injection molding or blow molding or any of these other processes that are a little more forgiving. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's a conference, there's a huge conference that takes place in Tampa every year called the Military Additive Manufacturing Conference. And I met some folks there who gave me some pretty valuable information. That's where I learned about the, the hair and the you know, the, the rust and the stuff. Oh, yeah. Wrapping the polymers. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of the, that was one of the reasons that I really started looking into the quality of the recycling products that are provided. So, and I, I, I'm one of those guys that thinks the more people you know, the better off you are. Yeah, I, I feel that and 100%. I mean, it's, and it's not the more people who can give you stuff. It's the more you can reciprocate with people. Mm -hmm. The more that, uh, you know, the more solutions I can provide them, the more solutions they can provide me. We're all, you know, we're all rising together with the tide. The more you can accomplish. Yeah. You know, really good. And, you know, synergy is sort of a, a bygone term, but specifically in an industry like this, synergy is a really, really important element, you know, where two things come together and they're greater than the whole. This is one of those things that can genuinely be like that. If we're, if we're sharing research, we're sharing development, we're talking about the new types of machines and all oh, this machine worked for this and this machine didn't work for this, but mm -hmm. they make stuff and I break stuff, <laughs> right? We're, we're not doing the same thing, but we're talking about the same stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, hopefully this connects with somebody out there that can help out, help the cause. Absolutely. I, I would absolutely love it. I want to thank you guys very, very much for doing hey, this. Thank this you. Is, this hey, is outstanding. This is great. This yeah. is great. It's exactly what we had in mind when we looked to do, like today's episode's about Port Tampa City. 
one of the pages little community brands that we do but we try to find a local business owner that has something unique going on that we'd like to feature and this is absolutely perfect he ended up coming to our ice cream social mm -hmm. at Strachan's in Ballast Point. We have our Ballast Point living brand, and so we kind of did that for Gasparilla, got to me, mm -hmm. and we started talking, and now we're here doing episode two of the Tampa Bay Living Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon. Appreciate it.